0: I'm oh, very, God. I'm very articulate for a Puerto Rican.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, folks, and welcome to Brown and Out, the podcast where we give voice to LGBTQ people of color in Vermont. Uh, today, we're chatting with Adam Rodriguez. Hello. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. <laughs> Just got out of work. Just got out of work. I mean, we're all familiar with that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. What are a few things that folks should know about Adam?
0: A few things that people should know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like required reading of Adam.
0: Love books? Love- lover, massive amounts of D&D, any chance I get. Oh, that's a a role-playing game, correct? Indeed, Mm -hmm. tabletop role-playing game.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I prefer cats to humans. Oh, okay. All right. Fabulous.
1: Now, I follow you on various social media platforms, and um, at the risk of poking the bear... Uh, I thought you might like to sound off on something political today. I don't know what it is, but I thought there might be something that you'd like to share and um, express today. Do you have any sort of (laughs) message as far as that goes? That's a loaded one. Yeah. It's getting right into it. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Your vest says punch Nazis. Punch
0: Nazis. Um, among
1: other things. I just,
0: this is where I'm coming from, so you know what I mean. I'm not just, um... I mean, I'm currently charged up about the situation in Puerto Rico right now. I mean, uh, I'm heading down there on Thursday, help my parents out. So, I'll be able to see how things look from the ground there. But, things are pretty intense at the moment. Do your parents live in Puerto Rico? They sure do. And... um have you
1: been there since the hurricane? Have you...
0: I haven't been there since. Um, the hurricane hit around the time when I go down there to hang out with my family during the holidays. So that kind of derailed that mm-hmm. whole plan this year. So I haven't been in quite some time. Um, do you have expectations about when you get down there? I'm trying not to think think about it too much, because it gets pretty stressful, but I am expecting things to be a little worse off than are, than is generally being portrayed in the media. So, a bit nervous, but... Um, are you sort of down there on like a, like a humanitarian
1: mission at the same time?
0: I mean, basically, the plan is to help my parents with some repairs, help them close up the house, and hopefully get them back stateside for a little bit. It's so, yeah, a little bit of political unrest going on, a lot of militarized police in the streets, a lot of protesting, talking about
1: things that aren't really reported on about the situation. This is stuff that you know I don't know a lot of people know about. Can you elaborate?
0: Well, currently there have been a there's a series of protests going on. Um, protesting austerity measures, a lot of pensions are getting cut, a lot of teachers' pensions are getting cut, school systems are getting gutted.
1: But that was happening before the hurt. Oh, yeah, well absolutely. Before,
0: right? Um, but right now there's been a, a new plan to kind of help pay off the crippling debt. So they have a new plan, but, of course, the new plan includes basically closing a lot of schools, Cutting teacher pay, so
1: so not great long term plans. Not great long
0: term plans,
1: um, and yet those are the plans are moving forward. Mhm. <laughs> Hence, why you want them to come back and chill here, stateside.
0: Yeah, until things chill down a little bit. I mean, they're they're retired. They're old. I get worried thinking about them being in the streets yeah. while all this is going down. Um, and it's really uncertain just what direction things are going to take. So I'd like to get them out of there for a little bit. I mean, the fact that the
1: current sitting president shows no love at all, it would seem, for part of this country. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> It's a, a pos- potential resort island to him, you know, resort casino island. So it really seems like, you know, things are going to be ignored until property values plummet and then you can buy a property.
1: Like know. scavengers come in and yeah. can we talk about how that happens? Because I feel like the same thing um, definitely occurred um, when Hurricane Katrina struck New Orleans and uh, that area. So what, so what's the deal
0: what's what do you what's the fear i mean it's seems like classic gentrification i mean it's been going on for you know a long time, but situations like these just kind of make it easier um, for that situation to happen I mean people can't afford people can't afford their homes anymore you know business owners that didn't have insurance homeowners that didn't have insurance you lose everything and it's it's easier to you know move stateside and try to make things work out
1: so Mm, right rather than stay put and make something of that situation Mm -hmm. and so you're left vulnerable to people and you probably end up selling your property and
0: things like that for much like much less than it's really worth Mm -hmm. yeah my uh my parents were in the process of uh selling my grandparents condo they've sent they passed um so they're in the process of getting rid of that that property but you know now asking price for that is is not the same as it was pre hurricane and I'm just nervous as to who's gonna buy that property.
1: Because right. you know it's
0: right across the street from my parents' house you know it's in the little neighborhood that my family lives in, and I'm just worried that, you know, the the Puerto Rico that I've known, the Puerto Rico that my parents and my grandparents knew is is disappearing at a, a very rapid rate.
1: I mean, yeah, I hope that something positive happens um, during your trip, and that maybe you can affect some positive change
0: while you're down there, you know? I'm hoping so. Um, I mean, at least it'll be an opportunity to see with my own eyes what's going on instead of relying on very spotty media and, you know, my, the word of my family where they, you know, they try to paint it in a very positive light because they don't want me stressing out, but Mm. I know I'm not getting the full story because I do have friends down there that I'm not related to who are telling me quite a different story, so... And the problem
1: is, because it goes top down, that the leader of the country, so-called, doesn't give a fuck. And therefore, you know, why should media honestly be reporting about it then, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, my parents are still mostly living off a generator still. They're about 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside of the capital city, mm-hmm. and they're still... Living on this tiny, tiny generator and a you know a Coleman stove,
1: and you wouldn't say that's out of the norm, would you? No,
0: absolutely not. Unless you know you're you're in a really touristy area or you're staying at a resort. You know everything seems fine from from that viewpoint. Hmm. Somehow, like the resorts <laughs> came out unscathed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. You know, you're investing money in sandals so that you could. Jumpstart the tourist industry again because just the island as a whole has there's very little options for for viable income, which has been the case for a while, right? That's
1: Indeed, not a new issue. Um, do you want to speak to that for a minute?
0: I mean, this this is stuff that goes back to the Jones Act, you know, where. Um, any ship that's delivering goods to the island has to be an American ship. Um, hmm. That's just the law, hmm. so it basically forces a situation where the island is never going to be economically independent. Um, so the mainland u s government can basically just make any decisions they want to over you know what industry is going to be like on the island. They own all the um, incoming goods. Basically. I mean, it's funny when when tourists go down and they expect things in Puerto Rico to be incredibly cheap,
1: Hmm. but
0: because of the Jones Act, a lot of things in Puerto Rico actually cost more. You know, cost of living is comparable or more than what it is here just because Puerto Ricans are paying insane amounts of, Tax for literally everything—you know, gas, toothbrushes, food, anything. Hmm. You know, it, the the island used to mainly rely on agriculture, um, right? But that's you know that was all changed over to to industry, petrochemicals, medical technologies. Hmm. So there's not even a whole lot of food being grown on the island, and even that a lot of that's imported.
1: Mm. I am curious about something that uh, we messaged about recently. You said you were um, going you were hoping to spend the afternoon reading um, the Warriors series.: Indeed. <laughs> a, bit, a bit of the Warriors series. You also mentioned um, just a minute ago how um, you prefer cats to humans. I guess let's explore that a little bit, and then right. let's talk. Let's talk a minute about the Warriors series and what that means to you. Okay, so cats, uh, greater than humans, love them. Gotta love a cat. Go on.
0: I just love the fact that they don't give a shit about anything, and you know, I, I'm always wary of talking about this stuff in front of you know, like dog people. Uh, dog people get so worry. so defensive not and here. I I do love dogs. I take them on a on a case by case basis. Sure. But kind of the whole general vibe of dogs is is not really my vibe. Not it's just your like go-to. too needy, just too much in your face and although that's a lovely thing to have someone just want your attention that bad. But I'd rather spend my time with a creature who, you know, when they need attention from me, they come for it. When they don't need it, they, they're off doing their own thing. Quite like, independent. They're off murdering things and peeing on stuff, whatever. Whatever they need to do. It's very punk. <laughs> they are very punk. They're very metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I just love them all by default. Just like even the ones with the most shitty attitude <laughs> I you, love it. It sounds like you prefer that. <laughs> I yeah, I kinda do. Like although my, my cat Ash, who is perfect in every single way, has um, a general she's got a pretty good attitude. She loves people, she loves affection, you know, when she wants it. But I just I, I love a cat with a shitty attitude. <laughs> it's like, same, cat. That, that, that is my mood right now. It's like, I don't want anybody to touch me. I'm just going to sit under this tree and hiss all day long. Like, I would love to do that.
1: <laughs> it is the dream. Absolutely. I get that. Um, so, I work at a library, spoiler alert, <laughs> and, um... A lot of the youth, particularly, are fond of a series, um, the Warriors series, um, by the author Aaron Hunter. Shout out, Aaron Hunter. Shout out, the Warriors series. Shout out. It's it's immensely popular at the, um, at least the library that I work at. Um, So I'm familiar with... some titles is the blazing sky is that one you know <laughs> if that isn't one that's
0: close to one. i just started okay. reading the series so i had a coworker who is also an insane cat person mm. just turned me on to it so i'm about halfway done the first book in the first series
1: okay um, into
0: the wild oh, okay into the wild uh, yeah right and i am hooked absolutely hooked
1: Um, so I just, in case you don't know this, another, but this is a real spoiler alert because it's coming before I say it. Spoiler alert. The Warriors has many like sub series. Did you know that? I've heard. There's so so much content to delve into when you're ready. It's there for you. And I think that's really cool to know, like going into it. Right. Mm hmm. (laughs) Why don't you give us a synopsis? What the hell is the Warriors about?
0: well basically from what i've come to understand it's just the story well currently i'm following the story of this little kitty called Firepaw
1: a little kitty, a little kitty, called, kitty Firepaw. called
0: Firepaw he was a house cat but he's kind of been drawn into this world of feral cats and there's different cat clans and they all have their territory and they're all kind of have this very loose shaky truce but they do come into conflict mostly over food and resources and territory and I'm just all. I'm all about it. So the main character are they living sort of a double life then, like the house world and the well, wild they've, world? they've they've left the house world behind. What they was have that a now, good move? Was that it, smart? It seems like I mean I'm all about it because <laughs> that that house life sounded pretty boring and descriptions of eating cat food like that was just revolting. So now he's out eating mice and he's trained to be a warrior and he's gonna he's joining Thunder Clan and it's very exciting. Excuse me, Thunder Clan. Thunder Clan, joining
1: Thunder Clan, and of course that means to. Well, that means
0: that, Clan comes first. <laughs> I don't know if I like the sound of it. Whoa,
1: back up. This is. These are cats. These are cats. Right. Okay. Um. So the. Th- so he's he's left home. He is that correct? Is that yes? The right? Okay. Yeah. Um. He's left home, found the Thunder Clan. He's being welcomed
0: into the fold. He's pretty much joined that gang life. Okay. I mean, they gave him a new name. Oh, okay. He's got responsibilities. You know, you don't eat first. Clan eats first. You know, they explained oh. to him right away okay. that it was going to be a tough life, it was going to be a hard life, but the Clan is going to have your back in See, any situation. But I
1: mean, this is reminding me of... Um, did you ever see the film Colors? No, I'm just <laughs> It's, um, no, this sounds very thugged out mm-hmm. in its own way. You're like, yeah. Yeah, it All absolutely
0: right. is. So yeah. it, it does make me a little nervous for this fire prop, Bob, because, you know, he's... Convinced... Is Fireball
1: the new name, by the way? Yes, that's, okay. that's the new name. That's
0: what he goes by now. Yes, Got it. They, they get an, uh, an apprentice name and then apparently they get a new name when they become an, an official warrior.
1: You said you're worried about Fireball? I,
0: I'm a little worried because of being oh
1: this, being this a gang affiliate. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it sounded like you were all about the message, clan first, and I, all this.
0: It's it's very romantic.
1: Ah, yes, yes, right. I can see that, but mm-hmm. you know,
0: in reality, it might be a completely different thing.
1: In reality. I think that our tribalism gets us in trouble a lot of times. It sure does. I and you—you you can take that in so many different ways. But talking about blindly following a group, I think it's like super clear how dangerous that can be. Indeed. Nazis, etc. Yeah, <laughs> this is <laughs> Nazis. This is why we punch,
0: right? Indeed.
1: <laughs> okay, so be careful out there, Firepaw. <laughs>
0: I don't know if Graypaw is always going to have his back. <laughs> oh, see. It's not like
1: a Papa Smurf
0: figure. So Graypaw is, is a fellow apprentice. Okay. He seems like he's not taking this shit as seriously as Firepaw is. I'm, I'm kinda a little... Like, kind of fucking off. Yeah. A little, little bit. I'm, I'm not... Graypaw's a rebel. He's a little bit of a rebel, which, which makes me like him, but also not trust him to always be looking out for Firepaw's best interests.
1: I guess you're going to have to wait for book two. I'm going to have to wait for book two. <sighs> Lord. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it was, I just thought that was so neat that um, that, that was a series. I'm, I'm, like I said, familiar with it. It's very popular at the library I work at. Um, so, yeah, I think that's neat that that's a series you're into. And it makes sense, given your worldview. I'm we're putting mad pieces of this Adam puzzle together today. Now, another big piece of the puzzle. You want to get right to it? Get right into it. Skip him to my Lou. <laughs> you're a musician. You're an artist. Indeed. Um, you're in a number of outfits. Is that true? Projects. Right. Um, do you want to expound on... Any or all or some of those. Let people know like what you're up to. <laughs> who, who, this, um,
0: this artist is. Oh well, currently I'm in three musical projects. Okay. Um, I play with a Rough Francis side project, Aspero Psychos. Okay. Which is uh, Well, we started off as a a tribute band for Los Psychos, who are this 60s surf, garagey, proto-punk band from Peru. Beautiful. Who we love and adore, and we're trying to spread their gospel, basically. i have just started writing some original tunes. So your name is an homage. Yes.
1: And up until recently, it's mostly been covers. Okay. But you're branching out.
0: Branching out a little bit. I love it. It's beautiful. Just kind of try, now trying to write songs like, what would Los Psychos write now? <laughs> so that's one project. Um, I'm also in a kind of sad, ghosty, acoustic folk project called Horry Bat. Um, Goth vibes? A uh, little bit gothy, crusty,
1: spooky is there an accordion involved? I need there, to know. there
0: is an accordion involved.
1: I need to take five. Because that just gave me the... <laughs> I live for an accordion. Uh, yes,
0: Adrian Cooper-Smith. Wonderful oh, accordion okay. player. Um,
1: I recently um, saw them perform
0: at the Trans Day of
1: Visibility. They're amazing. And I think um, that was my first time. But then I've also seen them on Church Street since then. So they are... An illustrious local musician. Prolific indeed. Shout out. Shout out. Okay. Hori Bat. Hori Bat. That sounds like a lovely project. It's
0: really fun. <laughs> Get out all the sads, all the mournfuls, make people feel things, maybe cry a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: In contrast to Peruvian surf rock.
0: Where that's just a dance party.
1: In stark contrast. Yeah. You're
0: just supposed to shake your booty right off. Are you telling people not
1: to dance at a hoary bat show?
0: I'm not saying that at all. I will never, ever, ever tell anyone not to dance. Right. That's not what I believe in. No.
1: I, I wouldn't think you would stifle freedom of expression in that one. Oh, no. Way. No.
0: Uh, also in a crusty, doomy, thrash punk metal outfit called Gorcro. And that's just for banging your head until it rolls off. Okay. Expressly for that purpose. Mm -hmm.
1: How do you get your head back on?
0: Um, Hopefully, (laughs) there is a kind person in the pit who will pick it up for you and hand it back.
1: It's called pit hospitality. Indeed. And it's not just an
0: aesthetic. It's not. It's a philosophy.
1: (laughs) Okay. Beyond your own projects, um, I'm curious to know mm, when you feel like blending your musical self and your
0: political self, who do you listen to? Oh my goodness. Um, a lot of people. <laughs>
1: Let's let's name a few. Let's let's talk about why you love them. Also,
0: so I've been really getting into these West Coast artists, um, and it's all these um, people who are, are mixed, uh, Native, Hispanic, Black, uh, mostly, and it's a lot of hip hop, punk, punk, punk hip hop mix, um, really politically charged. Um, just stuff that I I feel like I always needed to hear, or things that I was always hearing in my head, and now there are artists actually doing it. And every time I find a new one, it's this incredibly emotional experience, or just things I, I never thought I would hear, you know, unless I did it myself, which I don't currently have the means to do. I love
1: that feeling of discovering someone and it's like, oh, what? Did you like? Did you read
0: my diary? Yeah, it almost feels like I had part in its creation almost just because I, I needed it so badly. I wished it so hard and all of a sudden, you know, here it is blasting through my speakers and, you know, sometimes I just want to cry when I'm listening to Azumali, War of Ikaza, uh, Horror... HO9909. Mm. Um, Nitty, Nitty Scott, just all these people that are just they blow my head wide open because they're speaking an insane amount of truth that is very parallel to my truth, you know, just one song. They just pack everything into it, and then there's another song, they just everything packed into it. So I'm losing my mind over this shit right now. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. We are our ancestors' <laughs> biggest dreams. <sighs> um,
1: I'm going to trip out too hard if I start thinking about this. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, also, speaking about... Um, political music I just feel like that's such a um corny term I don't know I feel like all music should be political
0: it really should be why
1: not why why should that be a space that's you know what I mean like sacred and apart from your you know what I mean I don't know I feel like otherwise you're talking about what you think, what you believe. I mean, what your brand believes, at least, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't think politics should be left out of music at all, especially pop music. And I also don't believe that, um, celebrities should be quiet when it comes to political endorsements or espousing their political beliefs because if they're cool, you know what I mean? And, like, what they're saying makes sense, they have the power to reach many, many people and if they're lame, I'm sorry and if they aren't chill, then we can just weed them out pretty easily, and mm-hmm. that's a gift.:
0: Yeah, I mean, if they have the platform, and that's what they want to use it for, more power to them. I mean, I, I don't see anything negative in that, you know, except when you have you know celebrities that are just spouting off a bunch of baloney.
1: Which is. And, and, right.
0: and we're supposed to listen to them just because they're a celebrity, but in that case, you just, just don't listen. I think that. Um,
1: I don't know. I think we've see, we live in an era where you see how a campaign can go viral to cause people like, I think about Laura Ingram and um, other folks. There's a lot of. Pressure and a lot of it comes from a capitalist like stance where people who have bullying and um, harassing sort of tendencies towards public figures are able to be shut down through loss of their advertisers. You know what I mean? I think Laura Ingram went after survivors of the Parkland Mm -hmm. shooting. And um, saw her advertiser's leave in droves, and I think that was a really big signal to people that, you know what I mean, okay, cool, if money is the bottom line, which is unfortunate and horrible, and it's own thing to be upset about. Um, but while that's happening, you see the power people who are correct basically are able to um, with the help of like manipulating. Their bullies' dollar, like gain some more power back.
0: Yeah, I mean, as anti-capitalist as I am, like s- speaking with your dollars is extremely effective. Right. It's, yeah, if you don't, if you're not down with something, don't spend money on it. And if there are enough people that feel that way, you can really cripple somebody. Right.
1: So you would think more people would be quiet. (laughs) You'd think more people, like, would not say such ignorant things, Mm -hmm. basically, but I don't think everyone's gotten the message that, like, we're not all here for that, and a lot of us are speaking, you know what I mean, like, through the economy, so to say. Um, but I wanted to talk about a... another political musician. Um by the name of Donald Glover aka Childish Gambino. I what is is it a Childish Gambino song or a Donald Glover song that he he just came out with? I feel like he's not recording music under his like government name.
0: Pretty sure it was Childish Gambino.
1: Yeah. So, you know the new Childish Gambino song This Is America. Yes.
0: What is your hot take on that? So, I'll admit I've only listened to the song once. Okay. Watched the video once, uh-huh. but I loved it. Okay, um, it's always interesting watching something like that and seeing the layers of symbolism and knowing how much of that is gonna go over the heads of people that I know <laughs> friends of <laughs> yours, friends of mine. <laughs> you know, we live in Vermont, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean. People attempt to be hip. People do attempt to be hip. Yeah. And it's always interesting when, you know, people come to me as, as their resident brown friend. and Oh no, they... that <laughs> happens to you? No way. <laughs> yeah, weird, right? What, what is that like? Is it cool? Um, you know, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes <laughs> it's a little weird. But, you know, sometimes it's weird and you don't want to say it's weird because you... That makes it don't weirder. Wanna, it makes it weirder. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we like our friends, even if they do weird things. And and sometimes I have to tell myself that it's beneficial to have this, these kind of conversations with my friends, even if I don't want to have them or mm. don't have the energy or don't feel like
1: it's my job Basically, like, are you talking about conversations where you end up explaining your culture to white people? Yeah, or
0: just <laughs> explaining. I mean, just explaining anything to, to white people, it's going it to be real tough. Um, you know, especially when, it, when it's somebody who really considers themselves open minded and. or may even feel like they already get it. And then sometimes you have to explain why maybe they missed something, and then the walls come up and people get defensive, and then it kind of turns into this negative thing. But I mean, I guess that's just growing pains.
1: You could call it that. <laughs> I enjoyed that show quite a bit. I know that. <laughs> Amen. Yes, that was um syndicated. When I was a youth, and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of after school time. A lot of after school time. <laughs> special soft place. In my Shout out Alan Thick. Rest in peace, Alan Thick. <laughs> On a scale of zero to six hundred and sixty-six, how into Satan are you? Six hundred. And 67. (laughs) Wow. You kicked it up a notch. I mean... Satan is my homeboy. Okay. (laughs) And really, what we're talking about is a... Would you say it's a philosophy more than a religion? Definitely a philosophy. Do you want to talk for three and a half minutes about the philosophy?
0: I mean, I could talk about what it means for me personally. Yes, would you mind? People have a million different takes on, on... what Satanism is or means. So basically, there's no kind of king god sitting on a cloud dictating the mechanics of the universe. And I form a model of reality from observable data, you know, things that I filter through my senses... And things that continue to produce results, and things that are repeatable, basically. So basically, I don't, I don't take anything on faith. You know, faith, faith is the enemy of reason, and you know, faith gets us into a lot of trouble. Well, as does organized religion. As does organized religion, and I'm all about respect. Affecting people's beliefs to an extent, um, unless those beliefs are counter to creating an effective model of reality or you know, where these things are actually harming people. So that's it. And I, I love using, you know, the kind of the, the image of, of Satan as, as kind of like a figurehead, you know, a symbol of, of ultimate rebellion, basically. So it's not like we out here worshiping the devil, like, <laughs> summoning Lucifer to like... Where did my chickens go? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sacrificing babies, but um, just that imagery is uh, yeah, almost, almost like a, uh, I guess an advertisement in a way, or like a warning sign. Like if you're not, if this freaks you out, if this scares you, then you might not want to talk to me.
1: What does black and brown queer culture in
0: Vermont look like to you? That's a, a really tough one because I don't know if I see much of it as a culture. Mm. Like it's so thinly spread, mm. at least in my experience. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a hermit, so I don't really hang in public unless you know, I'm going to see a show or playing a show.
1: Introverted, would you say?
0: I'm very I'm an extremely extroverted introvert. Oh. Okay. I, I prefer to be alone with my cats and mm-hmm. my thoughts and my books and you know, that's how I the most efficient way that I can create. But then I have to share that, which means that I have to kind of be out and around people. And I do love people and I love my friends, but it's a lot of energy, <laughs> dealing with people and, yes. and being out.
1: Well, that would be the definition of an introvert, is that you gain your energy from your solo expeditions, and it's sort of exhausting. It's an expenditure of energy when you're around other folks.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty brutal. Uh, so I I feel like I don't get to experience all of queer brown culture in Burlington or in Vermont in general. Um, So queer and brown culture to me mostly looks like whatever I'm doing when (laughs) I'm alone. (laughs) You know, most spaces that I'm in are, you know, I'm generally the only brown person. Hmm. A lot of times I'm the darkest person, and I'm not that dark. Mm. Um, and the times where I've I've sought out queer, brown, and black culture mm-hmm. in Burlington, it, it's always a little weird. <laughs> it's almost like we're on display, you know. Like I'll be really excited for some You know, voices of color yeah. or something, right? You know, and Shout I always out go and of color. and it's still mostly white people mm-hmm. there Yeah. so it's a bit strange it, it feels like there's not you know where, wherever there are pockets of, of this brown and black queer culture there seems to mostly be white people there mm-hmm. um, which is fine but it feels a, a bit um, touristy sometimes. You said
1: as if you're on display.
0: Yes. Yeah. So if it, sometimes it feels like we are a vehicle for people's wokeness. Go on. You know, the more <laughs> the more of us white people experience, then they kind of level up. I guess if we're, if we're speaking D and D terms. And we are. <laughs> we are always. <laughs> hmm. So it, it gets a little complicated. It, there even times where it feels restrictive. You know, I'll, I'll see some event that's you know something about you know queer culture, or brown culture, or a combination of the two, and I get wary of things like that. It's like. How many brown people are actually gonna be there? You know, what am I actually gonna get out of this? Like, sometimes I just want to be in a room full of people my shade or darker. And sometimes I feel guilty about the like being exclusive. Uh, when do you most feel browning out? You know, interestingly enough, the times when I feel the most brown and out would be when I'm performing in Aspero Psychos. And, you know, we mostly play around town, so we're mostly playing for white audiences. But I'm, I feel more brown and out than if I were playing in, front of an audience of you know hispanic people because most of like one thing that's a big insecurity for me is that my spanish is really weak
1: Mm.
0: but most of that set is all in spanish and you sing and i sing so you know a lot of it you know is real spanish some of it is gibberish because that's how the songs were written and some of it we don't even know what the words were so I make them up you're kind of reinterpreting I'm reinterpreting I'm just yelling whatever out and nobody in the audience cares you know they're just (laughs) happy Mm. that they're experiencing some you know loud music and having some Spanish yelled at them Hmm. and there's such a delicious freedom in that.
1: And
0: mm. that the majority of the audience doesn't speak Spanish. So if I screw up <laughs> right. or if my words are half gibberish, they don't care. And I just, I feel... So exuberant to share that part of me, even if it's a part of me that I've always seen as awkward and incomplete, I don't feel judged because they can't understand me.
1: Mm. I think it's also interesting you talk about being on display at other times, but when you're on stage, that's a situation in which you're putting yourself on display intentionally
0: those thoughts kind of disappear. I kind of, I feel like I'm channeling to a certain extent. You know, something, another spirit, another energy is moving through me. You know, at times it feels like I'm outside of my body, just kind of watching myself do that because normally I'm pretty reserved Mm-hmm. Despite what I may look like or dress like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty quiet dude. Uh-huh. But in those situations, I'm free to just unleash. And the people in front of me have made that choice to be in front of me. So whatever I throw at them, you know they deserve. That's what, <laughs> that's what they ask for. It. So they're <laughs> gonna get it. But I just, I feel so me. Because in my normal daily, you know, when I'm at work, I can't, well, sometimes I do, but it's generally <laughs> frowned upon. But just to start, like, screaming and yelling Spanish and just throwing shit around and just being a, a complete emotional being and operating 100% from my heart center with no premeditation like I don't know what I'm going to do when I get on stage I just kind of watch it happen and when it's done it's like oh that went okay or (laughs) people were a little scared I don't know about that but in that situation I'm it's almost like I have permission which as a brown queer person I so often feel like I don't have permission to to be period and in those situations I've encouraged to be and venues keep asking us back so, so it's almost <laughs> Something's working. it's it's validating on yeah. top of that too that I I can be me and it's okay
1: and it's affirmed and it's rewarded. I think that can't be discounted. Is there anything else you'd like to add today?
0: Everybody should play Dungeons and Dragons. Everybody. <laughs> try it. Just try it. Okay. D&D and Cats. For life. For life.
1: Okay. Okay. I can get behind both of those messages. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do it. All right, Adam. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for being on Brown and Out.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I feel so brown right now. So fucking brown.